Hi, my name is Erin, and I'm an alcoholic. And my name is Ken, and I'm an alcoholic. And welcome to Podcast Not Perfection. I know that this is like so weird. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We've never done a podcast before. So we're winging it. Yeah, so we are winging it. Um, So yeah, what's this this podcast about, Ken? You alcoholic, you? Well, Aaron and I are both in recovery. We uh, have a substantial amount of uh, time and have worked the steps uh, and everything like that. And this is just... Uh, for me personally, this is another way to further my um, experience and my knowledge and my awareness of, of myself and uh, my disease. And uh, hopefully anyone who hears it uh, finds some use in it. And, um, you know, even if it's just one person that hears one sentence that they like, you know, it's a success for me. What do you what are you here for, Erin? What are you doing here? Well, I, I the same thing. It's funny because I was um, in... Uh, driving the car with Mike, my boyfriend Mike, yesterday. And we've been talking about doing this podcast for a, a little bit now. And I rem- I was just talking to Mike about it. And I said the exact same thing. Um, even if it's just, there's so many of us out there. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't even know that there's a solution to this thing. So I, if I can just like get the message out there to even one person or help someone who's already in recovery. Like at work, um, I have the luxury of putting my headphones on (laughs) and listening to sober podcasts, like podcasts. Um, I'm sorry. I'm really nervous all, all day. And it really helps me through my day. But I've noticed that there was, there's not a lot of interactive and open dialogue type podcasts about recovery. So when I was thinking about starting this podcast, I was really imagining a community coming together, like how meetings are, but online. Um, I was really hoping that we could start a conversation about, you know, what we do in our recoveries, uh, what works for us. And I really wanted to hear what works for other people. Um, because I want to continue to be open-minded. I want to continue to learn from others. Everything I feel like I've learned up until this point in my recovery has just been through other, from other people, just listening to other people. And I also just wanted to have the opportunity to share my experience, strength, and hope with others as well. Um, because I think, you know, we, every experience that any of us have is is valuable so <laughs> long story short i just wanted to i just wanted to build a community that's nice. really like what i want to do that's i think and just have a conversation about recovery yeah. and everything that goes along yes. with it because it's like a lot i like that i feel like that shed more light on on why we're here 
why you want to be here. And I agree with that. Mm -hmm. And I love that. Yeah. So, yeah. I feel like this is, I feel like I'm relaxing a little bit and I'm like, yeah. well, I want to be closer to the mic, but I'm also going. Hello. We only have one mic between us right now <laughs> because we couldn't figure out how to set up. A, it's like the easiest thing in the world. All you have to do, we have a USB microphone. All you have to do is plug it into the laptop and we couldn't figure it out. And we don't even know if this is recording right now. <laughs> so, yeah, this might be a big waste of time. But you know but what? That's all right. We're here. We're uh, happy. We're ready yeah, to go. Yeah, I'm good to go. Um, so I think we, I want to, do you want to discuss what like the, you, we want the format to be? If for the listeners, if there's any, I'm still like, I'm still like, is anyone going to listen to this? Um, so what we decided we were going to do is um, pick a different, different topic every week that was related to recovery. Um, if you want to go into that a little bit more, Ken. Yeah, of course I do. Okay. I want to, I feel like yeah. I'm talking a no, lot. <laughs> uh, so topics that like, you know, we could talk about like the steps. We could talk about traditions. We could talk about things like that. But we, I, I feel like there's other things that that pique my interest in terms of um, what to do in your just, just, just things like what to do in your daily life and like the like, humdrum. Yeah, like like meditation or like just. I don't feel like I can expand off the top of my head right now, but. Well, I think. Um... Yeah, the 12 steps, I definitely want to get into those. I think I want to do like a different episode on every single step I, because um, I just want to make it very clear as well that this is a disclaimer. Like uh, Ken and I are both members of Alcoholics Anonymous, but we are uh, not representative of sure. any um, group of recovery. We're just two people who just wanted to like open up a dialogue with other people who are in recovery um, so we're not representing recovery, any form, not AA. Um, although I do love AA and it mm -hmm. did save my life. Um, but I, you know, I would love to discuss the principles of AA. I feel like those are what keeps me alive. I also really would love to hear about other people's recovery, like, um, Dharma, anybody who's in Dharma, shoot us an email, like yeah. NA. I don't, I don't know really anything about NA. Um, so I, I think it's, I think it's us, both of us wanting to, um, continue to have an open mind and, and learn new things. Share what we know and then learn more in the process. Right. Yeah. Okay, so there might be a couple of weird transitions in this episode because we're still new to this. Very new. <laughs> and we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> and um, we lost a lot of audio, I think, because my laptop kind of went in sleep mode and then it just stopped recording. <laughs> so we had to kind of do this in two parts. And it's been hard to find a place to even do it because Ken and I both have small studio-esque apartments and two very vocal cats. <laughs> so we can't really just, record yeah, there. I'll just um, them, yeah. So I do want to shout out to my friend Brian for allowing us to record in his attic. 
I did it again. Um, it's really his office. Mm -hmm. And if he heard that I called it an attic, I feel like he would be very offended. But uh, thank you, Brian, for letting us use you, your space. Um, we are very grateful to you. So there was a couple other things that we wanted to talk about format wise for the podcast. Um, so we talked about we how we wanted to do uh, a different topic recovery related per week. Um, we also kind of want you guys to get to know us a little better. So I know that Ken today is going to share his story mm -hmm. and next week or next episode, I'm going to share my story. So you guys kind of know, uh, who we are, where we were, what we did, <laughs> maybe where we're going. And, you know, I, I think we also want this podcast to kind of just follow our journey mm -hmm. through sobriety. So we'll be talking a little bit about our own personal experiences um, as we go and, you know, what we learn on the day to day. Yeah. I feel like I learn something every day. Every day. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. So and I know that we also wanted to end our podcast with gratitude yes gratitude is very important to us um more recently i've really finally gotten a hold of it it's just a great way for me to like sit down and focus on like the beauty in my life mm -hmm. and the good things i have versus all the negative because so quickly for so long i've always just gone negative just because and i i know i'm not alone with that I'm so to, deeply nodding my yes, head. <laughs> yes. So to focus on, for me to focus on things that I'm grateful for, just almost trains my brain to just focus on things like that in public, in, in, in life versus, you know, oh, he ran that stop sign or, oh, I don't like those shoes. Be like, oh, those are very, those are a nice pair of shoes. And that stop sign, you know, it's mostly suggestive. So yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> gratitude has been such a powerful tool in my life, I think it can be really transformative. Mm -hmm. I really do. And I don't know, it's just a nice way to end the episode. And so we really want you guys to be a part of this uh, podcast. Again, that's why I know I really wanted to start this uh, podcast. I just wanted to hear from everybody out there. So we're gonna, you know, at the end of every episode, share our gratitude, but we also want you guys to write in so that we can share your gratitude with the world as well. It's really great. It's a really great way just to, I don't know, sometimes I can fall into like self-pity and that's not a good place for an alcoholic to be. Uh, and having gratitude daily, it's just, it's, it's just a really great tool. So we want you guys to be part of that. We have set up an email. Um, it's podcast, not perfection at gmail.com. So please send us your gratitude um, so we can share it with the world, mm -hmm. <laughs> like the world. The world. <laughs> um, and also if you want to, you know, share your stories with us, we might be able to work that into segments somehow in the yeah. future. I mean, this is going to be a work in progress. Podcast, not perfection, mm -hmm. y'all. I'm not even Southern, but I just got, I just <laughs> got, got a little, little draw on there, right girl. There. Um, so, yeah. So... I think we're gonna get into Ken's story now. All right. Yay. Let's go. Here we go. So he's he's a doozy. Oh, come on. <laughs> Just kidding. I am a doozy. Oh no, you're great. Can 
where did I begin? I grew up in Merrimack, New Hampshire, pretty, you know, regular childhood, nothing special happened. I was just one of the kids in the neighborhood. Um, but for me, and um, I, don't, I don't know if anyone else can relate, but I figured out when I was probably like 12, 13, I just didn't fit in. And um, I was always confused as to why. And then I pretty, pretty much, I figured it out. And it's because um, I was a young, budding homosexual, frankly. Mm-hmm. And um, that was just not the status quo in, in middle school and high school. And the people around me, the children around me, they um, made it a point to make me feel to, to feel different. Then they made me, you know, I, like they knew I was different and they wanted to point it out. Um, so yeah, it wasn't a great, it wasn't a great adventure in Merrimack. You know, I didn't, I didn't enjoy growing up because I was so committed to like self-preservation. So I just didn't speak to anyone. I didn't, you know, raise my hand in class. I had no aspirations. I wanted to get through the day as quick as I could just to get home and just to be alone because I felt safe alone. And it's the only place I really felt safe. Um, so I didn't pick up any kind of drug or alcohol at a young age because uh, I still clung to being like the good apple, you know? Like even though, you know, kids made me mad, I would, you know, I would cry and then I would apologize for crying. That, that I never like fought back. I never, I was always trying to be the good apple because that was yeah. the only thing I had going for me, I guess, at that point. So. Um, yeah, graduating, uh, from high school, I think I graduated in the very bottom, like 15 of my class because I just had nothing. I did, I, not school, I detested and, uh, and college wasn't anything in my book. I didn't care about that, but my parents being the lovely parents that they are, they sent me to, uh, snoo. And uh, I had an interest in, in cooking growing up, so I went to culinary school. And um, I didn't even want to live on campus my freshman year because I was still so in the closet and afraid of everyone and everything. Um, but I met friends, and come around sophomore year, I moved on to campus, and that is when I met my, I wouldn't even say dear old friend, but I, that, that's <laughs> the first time that I uh, tried any kind of substance. And boy, what was it? Was it alcohol? Yes. The first, um, it was, I lived on the floor, a bunch of girls too. Oh, so like, they were like, we love you. And I'm like, I was, I was quite literally at home. Um, I think it was either Jägermeister or like the, the big plastic bottle of tequila, but she did have, she did put it in the freezer. So I mean, her little mini fridge freezer. So like she had class, you know, she had ethics. Anyways, um, yeah, it was just a few shots, and I just remember feeling like weightless and like like everything lifted off my shoulders. Like I didn't care about anything but just laughing and having a good time and and feeling my heart with joy. And I was just like, this is amazing. Also, I went to sleep very sh- sh- soon after. I didn't last very long. But anyways, that's not here nor there. Um, it just like opened up this like massive door, and I just walked right through without even thinking twice because for once in my, my recent memory, what well, at this point I'm 20 years old. So probably for the last like seven years, I've been like, I don't talk in public. I don't acknowledge other people. So I'm like bouncing off the walls. 
Um, I made a lot of friends under the influence. I made, I, you know, was very friendly. Everyone liked me. Like I was just like, normal. I was hot shit and I was normal. Yeah. If anything, I wasn't even like above them. I was just on their level for the first time in any memory I had. So yeah, school didn't become a priority. Thank God I did culinary because there's really a lot of, a little amount of like actual like bookwork and papers to write because I wouldn't have done any of it. But um, yeah, somehow I got through and um, yeah, I graduated with a gold tassel, which is like honors is that, or something. Is that? Yeah. I don't know how I got it. It must've been a clear clear, but I'm so proud of you. I still have it. Thank you very much. You're welcome. So um, yeah, I graduated and then um, Life kind of like halted again for a little bit because I didn't, I said I wasn't going to go in depth and here I am going like in depth. No, I want you to. Um, life kind of just like, like halted to like a stop because I didn't have like no responsibility except for like two classes a day and a paper to write in a week or, or something, you know, like I had to like get a job and like pay bills all of a sudden. Like I had to do things like that. And uh, I was reluctant, but I found a job at a bar, which worked out well. For a minute or two it, it worked out well it, it like i could pay the bills very easily i could live on my own and i wasn't worried about it but um working at a bar you, you, you the culture you live in is like after work we stay and have you know tie a few off and right. a few leads yep. to like who remembers how many you know right. um and so that just became like my life. Like it was normal for me to drink a lot all the time. And I could bounce back because I was still like young. I was still like 23, 24, you know? And um, it never was a second thought. Like I was like, this is how my life is right. and it's great. It's almost like normal. Yeah. I mean, it is kind of normal. I feel like for people that age to mm -hmm. explore and experiment Absolutely. like that. Yeah. I'm, so I'm sorry, is it okay that no, I'm No, I, I love okay. it. I love cool. it. So yeah, my life was just very much on this like controlled, destructive path. I just, and after a while things just got old, you know, like I didn't want to see the same people in the same places drinking the same things. Like I only went to like a couple bars cause I knew who I was and I knew what I wanted. And it was like, I liked that aspect of walking in and having a drink made for me before I like ordered it. But then there was like people who had opinions about that, that were like, oh maybe you shouldn't be here all the time. And I'm like, whatever, whatever. But once people say that enough, like, oh, you drink too much. It's like, maybe I drink too much, you know? Like why would 20 people have this opinion? Clearly there's something to it. Um, so I decided to, without even knowing anything about AA, it's so funny how this happens. I decided to move away from New Hampshire, uh, a geographical cure, as you might say. Mm -hmm. And I thought that would like be the ticket. So while I was on vacation in, in Florida one year, I decided, meanwhile, while I'm on vacation in Florida, yeah. I decided Florida was where I wanted to be. So I moved down there with all these hopes and dreams of like restarting, like a soft reset, you know, like I'm still can, <laughs> but like I don't drink anymore. And I, I, I do things for myself that are good for me and not, you know, destructive and, and careless and things I've, you know, things I've, I've done for so long now. And... I lasted about two years down there and I had just quit a job and I woke up one day and my power was shut off. And I was, I was just so 
leading up to that point so homesick and I didn't see that coming that I drank to erase those feelings. Um, like I, 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 I tried to be sober down there, but it just didn't work out. And then, yeah, it just got to a point where it was just out of control again and uh, worse than it had been in New Hampshire too. Mm. So you knew you wanted to be sober, yes. even down in Florida and you just couldn't do it. Yeah. Which is kind of the crux of yeah. our I, I was <laughs> issues, right? too feely, you know, yeah. and I had too many negative emotions and I was like, how do I get rid of these? And the easiest way was to go to the bar. And and then Walmart had a liquor store down there. That was, actually, yeah. Oof, danger. Gary was the guy who waited on me. He, Gary? Yeah, he knew me. It's like you can. Like, I used to, did hey, you Gary. used to like rotate your <laughs> oh, yes. places so yes. that you weren't every night at the same place, that, the same liquor store? That line in the big book where it's like you change up your brand or your location yeah. or whatever. I literally like, when I first read that, I think it was in a meeting, I looked around the room. I was like, did someone just write this <laughs> about me? Because this is all about, this is exactly who right. I am. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I ended up quitting a job and I was too busy drinking to get a new one. So I just didn't pay bills because my money went to the Walmart liquor store. <laughs> Gary. And Gary, yeah, hey, I was Gary's paying his salary. Was paying Gary's salary. Gary took a vacation that year. Um, and yeah, I woke up one day and my, my power was shut off. And um, in Florida with no AC in the middle of August, like that's- it's not a vacation anymore. Oh God, it was toasty. So I called my mom. <laughs> mom. Yeah. And she was down in Florida literally within like 12 hours. And she was like, time to go. And I was like, you know what? Yep. Mm -hmm. I was, I had enough. Um, because, yeah, I didn't do anything but drink. People would ask, like, what are your hobbies? I'm like, watch TV. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's all I had. Yeah. Sleep. Like, I wasn't going to say drink. That's right. poor taste. No, so, yeah, I, I left Florida after this whole big momentous, like, I want to change. I want to be better. And I came back being worse. And just dead inside i just i was just like so disappointed so and embarrassed and it was just the worst feeling um and to make matters worse i went back to the same job i had left too so it was like i hadn't even like accomplished anything i had done all this effort to end up in the same spot and i took that as like a huge l in my book and um you know what i i learned a valuable lesson from it though not immediately, but right. you know, we'll get there. So, um, yeah, I'm back in New Hampshire now, and I, I ended up uh, getting a nice little uh, shiny little DUI on my record. Um, I thought that, you know, I was invincible at that point. I was driving drunk a good 70% of the time I was driving, and I'm a fool to think that I wouldn't get, you know, nipped or anything, but... I actually passed out behind the wheel and crashed into a guardrail. That's so scary. Yeah, I still thank God every single day that I didn't hurt anyone, anything. I mean, I hit a guardrail. Well, you know, and I, I'll pay guardrail. for a new guardrail. That's you know, I apologize, but um, but it was my mom's car too that I I crashed. But my nana's rosary was around the uh, rearview mirror there, so oh. she was like, that was my my interpretation of that event is my grandmother was watching me and she was like, okay, honey, you've had enough. Like this is enough. We're gonna. Wake up call. Yep. And um, yeah, I was arrested and I went to uh, BPD and my dad picked me up at like three in the morning. Meanwhile, this is like a Tuesday at three in the morning. Like this is not like a weekend night. 
And my dad remember him saying, well, this is your rock bottom. And I was like, yep, it is. And like one thing I really hate to admit too, is that when I got home at like 3.30 in the morning, instead of just going to bed or like just sitting there, like thinking about everything, what did I do? I quite literally poured myself another drink. I bet you did. And my mom's like, you drinking? And I'm like, no, of course not. And I quite literally just needed to forget I, what yeah. had just happened. And I was like that, that to me, I think looking back is like the truest sign in my book that I was right. an alcoholic, and like yeah. to the, to a T, like that is just. And I identify with that. Yeah. Like I totally understand why you poured that drink. Like I literally just got arrested for a, a drunk, drunken crime. And mm -hmm. what am I, what's my solution? To drink. drink. About yeah. It. That's the only solution you yeah. knew. Mm -hmm. And it, it's so wild to me, like thinking about that now in this moment, like how just lost I was yeah. because there are so many other ways, so many other solutions than to drink about something. I want to cry and hug you, but I also <laughs> know this gets better. Yes, so I yes. don't want to be too dramatic. <laughs> and when I say this is rock bottom, I don't know if this really was the rock bottom, but it's, it's all right. Maybe you got to hit it a couple times before you really realize. Yeah. Um, so now without a car, I'm getting rides everywhere, and that was humiliating, and Ubers are expensive when they add up very quick. Um, and I had to be sober for a while. Court ordered sobriety. I begged the judge not to go to jail, and only only because I had a clean record at that point, he was like, we'll give you the max suspension. Like, he wanted to put me in jail. Fair enough, but, like, I can't go to jail. I don't feel like you do I'm very a, well. I'm, no, I'd be a different person. <laughs> I'd have like a oh face tattoo God. or I don't know what I would like a little tear yeah, right <laughs> like it's just not my cup of tea but I mean I did it so if I had gone it would have been fair fair play right um so yeah I had to do uh counseling which was nice which was really nice I really enjoyed talking to that guy he was just it it was like a, a non non what's the word a ladak nope nope he was like in training a non-biased like person you can talk to who oh, okay. listens to you and like has feedback but it's not like talking to your mom or talking yeah. to your friend or right. you know it's He's talking removed. to yeah so that was nice and i was sober for i told everyone uh i was sober for nine months and i was sober from what Gosh. was it the end of october to the beginning of that following may which if you do the math is like seven months but i told everyone it was nine months just to make it sound better yeah. and you're a liar and i even told people it was like october <laughs> to may yeah that's nine months. I'm like, yeah, of course. I'm like, they didn't count either, but like, yeah, yeah, I was lying. Um, so yeah, after I finished the counseling, I just, you know what? I was like, you know what? Drinking is what I want to do. I want to like, take it easy, you know, slow, slowly. We'll do a couple drinks with dinner or something, you know, this and that. And boy, that lasted all of like two weeks, maybe that's I'm being generous. That was like a week after the end of the first week, I like blacking out. I'm like, Ooh, just one blackout. That's fine. And then, uh, you know, proceeded to continue to do that for um, another like year and a half. And uh, this to me is where I, I got like the worst because I thought I could ease myself back into it. And I definitely didn't. I was worse than I ever had been. I was like hungover slash still drunk at work all the time. Mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't drink at work, but I would like, I would be like, let me try that drink with, let me try that drink, let, yeah. you know, like a little like, straw test or whatever, mm -hmm. because I just needed anything to like make myself level out. But it was awful. I would leave for work late to go to the liquor store 
or I would like show up late with booze in my bag. Like I just needed to have my stuff all the time. And that was my priority. I only worked to make money to buy booze. And again, I would switch up where I went here and there because, you know, when you're buying two of the big massive bottles of wine, like every day, like someone's going to have a comment eventually. And the last thing I wanted was a comment because I was so frail and fragile that you said one thing I would have cried. Right. And not even know why. Was wine your drink too? Only because that was the close. uh, They didn't sell. The liquor store was a car drive away. So my mother would bring me there sometimes to enable me. She's admitted that. (laughs) We've gotten past that. It's okay. She was doing only thing she knew what to do. She didn't know what to do. Yeah. So uh, she was like, right. And um, then uh, the corner store was kind of out of the way to work, but it was close enough. And those big bottles of wine were like 18 bucks a pop, mm-hmm. which sold for like $9 in the store. Yeah. So I was just, I didn't even care what the price was. They could have made them 30 bucks. I'm like, yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. So my routine was pretty cloudy and fuzzy because I just didn't do anything besides drink. Um, and then one day a friend of mine came over, she's a little godsend. Uh, she and I were at my house. She helped me clean. Well, she was cleaning for me just cause I don't even know why she showed up. She kind of just told me she was coming over and I was like, no. And I was drinking, she was cleaning. And then we had a conversation about, um, because all during this time, I know that like drinking is not good for me. I should stop. I should stop. But there's always tomorrow. That was my thought. Always tomorrow. Not right now, because I kind of want to drink right now, but I'll stop tomorrow. And um, that was just the repetitive copy and paste thought. I never wanted to really stop, but I thought about it. That's it. To like make myself feel better almost. So I had this conversation with this girl and she was like, so like, I don't even remember this conversation to be frank, because I was so two sheets to the wind. I was out of it. She was like, do you think you need help? And I'm like, yeah. And I just don't know how to, I don't know how to go about getting help. I don't know anyone that besides, I guess my boss at the time, I don't know anyone that like could help me. Like I'm just a lost cause. So the next day, um, this girl tells my boss like, Hey, he's done. He's had enough. He needs help. And so my boss and my mother were in my apartment at like Mm -hmm. 10 AM on a Sunday. And I decided because I had my drinking time cut into the night before to drink again in the morning. So I'm like shit faced again at like 10 in the morning. My boss is telling my mother to pour me into the drink as they're calling the rehab to get me a spot because if I get sober up, I might change my mind. That's so, just so keep, smart. She's like, just keep That's him drunk. Keep so him drunk. Yeah. Smart. My mom loves that story. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I love that story. I don't. Yeah. It, like, it's, it's not it is great, funny in retrospect. But like, it's like it's really too. how, what is, how else would you have gone? Yeah. I, I identify with that. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so I went up to Portland. I went to this nice detox center. It was very, very posh dare i say it was like a hotel portland's kind of like yeah bougie like i always made the joke if i ever like i needed to detox again that's where i'd go just because they had like an in-house chef how was their food oh yeah it was the bees like they would make food for dinner and then they like wrap the leftovers and put them in the fridge and you can have access to them anytime you want yeah it was better than the way you were living that's for sure absolutely i don't know what (laughs) absolutely So then I moved to back to Manchester. Um, oh, you had to go from Portland to Manchester. Yeah. No. And I was in uh, rehab at that point. I went to Blueprint, which is now defunct. But um, it was like the worst, the best, worst experience of my life or the worst, best. Either works, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I wore sunglasses all the time. I didn't want anyone to know anything about me. I didn't want to open up to anyone. I literally would sit in the corner with sunglasses on. I'm laughing because I can picture that. Yeah. And I was just, I, the chair was very much in the corner. And I was like, this is, and I only let one or two people sit in the chair next to me. Like, I was very much trying to be in control of everything. And I was just not happy to be there. I want to interject yes. because this makes me think of when I first met you and I think you were in the middle of your step work. So like you were still like probably like pretty early sobriety and just like haven't gone through all the healing stuff yet. And Ken in meetings would always sit in the on the back wall there's like the way this meeting that i met him at is set up it's like tables in a circle and everybody sits around the tables and we're passing candy to each other yeah. and ken would just always sit on the back wall mm -hmm. and i would never hear him like make a peep and i kid you not it must have been like after your fifth i don't know i don't know when exactly but tell you you blossomed like so much and so hard i feel yeah, like I it feel was like, very quick yeah i feel like it was overnight and i don't know that's like that's the stuff for me is mm -hmm. watching other people learn to love themselves yes. and come out of their shells and i'm so happy that i got to yeah. see you do that and and now he sits at the table yeah and now if i don't sit at the table they get mad at me well yeah but that's not i remember one, like one of the first times i like raised my hand to speak Everyone was like, "What?" Yeah, there was yeah. like a whole like there was like murmuring. They're like, "Is Ken raising his hand? Is he okay?" I wonder Do you if need he's to just... leave. No, I'm like, no, I just Ken, alcoholic. You want Yeah, you just like you have experience now that you can yeah. share. Yeah. So yeah, being at rehab taught me all about like AA and everything, and it it's I feel like there's a lot of people out here who who think AA is kind of like cultish, and I kind of see it, but it's not for me. It just it was a way of living that was superior to anything I had known and a way to be able to be sober and live, you know? Cause at that point I was terrified of giving up the drink forever because that's all I knew. And I saw so many examples of like, that is what I want. That's what I want. That's what I want. Like I saw in so many different people, mm -hmm. just the way they can like live and be sober and like, that's it, you know? And like, so I, yeah, I found a, I found a sponsor. I got into the steps and I am very grateful for my sponsor because he, there's some people I know who, who do their steps on their own time, their own pace, which is fine. You do it however it works for you. That's a hundred percent what I think. If it takes you 10 years after 10 years, awesome. You did it. I think you're doing yourself a disservice if you take 10 years to do. I your think steps. so too, but I don't also feel like. Nobody should tell you how to do your recovery yes, except for your sponsor. Yes. <laughs> I guess. But he was he was pretty like much like if you don't do it, like you're just not gonna be better. So like if you don't want to be better, you don't have to do it. Mm -hmm. And I took that as a way of being like, I'm letting him down, maybe. Mm -hmm. But in reality I was letting myself it's down. It's like the good apple comes full circle. Yeah. But at this yes. point in your story, it benefited. I still you. wanted to please people yeah, around me, which is something I should need pleasing. to Yeah, I need to oh, so this, Plenty of things to work on still. Well, after, yeah, after I'm not calling so, you out. Yeah, I yeah. do die. Wicked bad. <laughs> but yeah, I did my, I did all of my, I did the steps within my first year. And it's more, the further along I go now, I look back and it's like, I remember being that person who was new in sobriety, who couldn't even like look up from the floor at anyone to now like 
I still have days where like, you know what? I don't want to talk to people. So I'm not going to talk to anyone. But there's days where I come in and I'm like, oh my God, hey everyone, what's <laughs> up? Hey, you know? And I'm like super like excited and happy to just like exist in that moment. And like- And you know what? I love both those Kens, truly. Like I love the, oh my God, Ken. And I also <laughs> love like the quiet contemplative Ken. Yes. I, I feel like it's- uh you there might like, be a little Gemini in me. I don't yeah. know if that has Oh, anything. my God. I'm not astrological, so please don't quote me on that. <laughs> but, you know, I have, like, some days that are, are, you know, wildly different. Yeah. But, yeah, like, even now, it's uh, just, like, I can't even state how grateful I am that, like, I have had the path I've had. I've always been grateful for that. Like when it comes to like who I'm, you know, where I went to school and like all this and everything I've, that's led, you know, cause everything I've done has led me to this spot. And like when I'm sitting here in this office, not the attic, <laughs> um, it's just such a feeling of like, I can't believe that I get to like live this journey, this life. I read a book and the title of the book says, sums it up for me enough. And it's like, we are the lucky ones. <sighs> And it's like, I truly feel like I am. Like, there are people I know who don't need AA, but they live this life sometimes that they just kind of get in their own way and they let, like, emotions take over and they they can't let things go and they just have this trouble in life. And it's like, oh, but, like, if you just... It doesn't have to be that no. way. And it, yeah. it's so, like, I even talked to a friend about the 12 steps of AA and she was like, a four step? I think a lot of people would benefit from that. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I didn't say it. But like, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> but I agree. Yeah. Well, you know what? That's like a good point that that you bring up because I was actually thinking about this on the way here because I'm, you know, thinking about the podcast. And I'm excited about it, and I do think a recovery podcast would be good for not just people in recovery. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I wonder if like normies, quote unquote, would <laughs> listen to this and benefit from it because it's not just. Like it becomes less about staying away from a drink or a drug and it becomes more about um, just like your insides. Yeah. Because like it turns out that like I was always the problem anyway mm -hmm. is what I learned in AA. And I think norm, I think anybody can benefit yeah. from that. I don't think, I don't think it has to be just for alcoholics. And like my path where I am now, like I don't feel um, like I work at a restaurant, I work at a bar, I don't mm -hmm. feel tempted or swayed by alcohol. Like I always have flashbacks to like, oh, like a nice summer beach day, you know, a margarita, that was fun. Yeah. But then I think of like the time it went too far and I'm like, no, it's not that fun. <laughs> not it's really good. not that fun. Yeah. You know, you pitch your pants at the beach. No, not <sighs> fun. But for me now, my, my journey is all about like what's on the inside of me. It's not mm -hmm. about like, like recovery is always going to be part of it, but it's not the main focus. Like this coming week, I'm going to meet with a recovery coach because I need help, like jumpstarting my motivation to like go to the gym and eat better. And just as he says, give you these habits that like set you up to just live a healthy, happy life, mm -hmm. which is I'm going to be happy being sober and doing what I'm doing now. But like, I know that there's like more out there for me, you know, and not even in like the sense that like, I want to like be better than everyone but just like i know for me the better i am the better i become for other people yes and i was typing out my story the other day uh talking to this coach and he it ended up with me just like sort of finishing it off being like i want to be there to help other people and that is like what it's about and like specifically for me 
because I don't hear a lot of like my story with the whole like gay trauma stuff. Uh, I'm working with, I'll be working with a, a coach who works specifically with gay men. And that's something now that like is on my radar of like, maybe I could do that. Maybe I could be that for another gay man who's struggling with sexuality and drinking or drugs and like needs some help. Yeah. And like, I would, it would not even be a question. It would be like the highlight of my life to be able to help someone in that, in that sense. Um, and it, that's why I think AA works so well, because once you are fulfilled with all this, like life change and interchange, you just want to like share it. You do. You want to like, you see someone who, who you used to be, who sits in the corner with the sunglasses on <laughs> and doesn't talk. And you're like, I want you to sit at the table and take your sunglasses off and talk. And yeah. like, you don't, there's no pressure on them, right. but like you can just show them by existing. There's so much more, right. Like you don't even have to like go over and point in their face and mm -hmm. be like, you need to change. No, yeah. like we show others through example that there is such a better, easier, less exhaustive way to live your life. And it's just. It's, it's a miracle. I, it, and I never would have believed in a right. miracle. It's such like a cliche thing. Two years ago, I've been like, miracle, shove it up your rear. Yeah. But I'm like, no, like I sitting, the two of us sitting here in this office, it's a miracle. In this attic. <laughs> Attics in the attic. Attics in the attic. Yeah. So that's just where I'm at now. It's, uh, most days are, are really, really great days. And then there's a sprinkling of good days. And then there's like maybe an occasional meh day, but like. You know, the daily reprieve I do to like take care of myself is so like common to me now. It's like, I couldn't imagine not doing it. Mm -hmm. You know, I thought it was a big chore at first. I'm like, oh my God, that's a lot of to do every day. But I was like, no, but like, it's, not. it's really quite simple and yeah. very fulfilling and very purposeful. And we're probably way less exhaustive than what either of us were doing before. Just like a couple, you have to just change like yeah. a couple things. It's like when you like have like a, with. it's like if you have a, a cut on your arm or something yep. instead of just like you know putting neosporin on it and letting it air dry or whatever like that or, or just like putting spit in it rubbing some dirt in it <laughs> to just like you know whatever you like take care of like this is a bad example you just take care of what like caused it versus taking care of the problem that has been caused i understand what you're trying to say does that make sense it, say that yeah i'll say that one more time because i feel like it if makes... it doesn't make sense you can email us and tell us that it doesn't make sense but like instead of taking care of the problem i take care of the cause of the problem right yes that's okay right and that was a bad analogy but that's what i mean. so like say you got to cut walking through prigger bushes <laughs> I was, and my, go, first, my first thought and was, what cut, if I have... <laughs> you cut out the pricker bushes and then you can walk through that beautiful area that you love walking through yeah. and you don't get a cut. There you go. I like that. Yep. The... I was going to say, what if you like break your leg? Like instead of just like... No. No. See? No. no <laughs> amputate. No. Yeah. Just no. Don't <laughs> amputate your legs. Um, oh, okay. Well, I thank you for sharing your story. You. Uh, yeah. We hope that... Um, you guys get to know us a little bit more through us sharing our stories with you. Kem's an amazing individual. I'm so lucky that he said that he would do this podcast I'm, with I'm me. Blushing. Oh, you are a little bit. Oh God, <laughs> you really? Are. Yeah, a little bit. Um, so you want to you want to end this with? I mean, I heard a lot of gratitude in your story anyway. But do you want to end? Yeah. Want to end with gratitude? Let's end with gratitude. How many are we picking? Just one thing? Are we picking? Um. 
I'm going to say the know. one. I like the one that I said the first time we recorded, but we lost it. Sorry. It I was, remember. I was grateful at that time because we were so nervous to record this. Yeah. I was grateful for the courage that I had mm. to be here with Erin and like the fact that she asked me to do this with her. And I felt the feeling after our first recording, we were like high five and like chest bumping. Yeah. Like we were like, yeah. <laughs> and it was a great feeling. And then we lost half of it, but that's neither here. Nor yeah. Here. And you know what? We're not upset. Like, we don't let those things yeah. bother us today for more than five seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, like, three seconds. Maybe two. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> She's, wow. I love that. I'm also, yeah, I'm grateful that I am not afraid to use my voice today. I don't even know if anybody will listen to this, but I guess, I like, I don't care. Like, I have a voice, and, like, I feel like I can be useful today, and I never felt useful, ever. Uh, mm -hmm. up until maybe like th three or four years ago yep. and just like yeah I think there's courage in doing something like this I'm not saying that to toot my own horn I'm saying that because if anybody else like I don't know is wanting to do something and doesn't feel like they're worth it or doesn't feel like or or feels like they'll sound stupid or or whatever it is, like you can, like everybody has like a voice that they can use to make mm -hmm. the world better. Absolutely. And even if it's something very small, like this podcast, <laughs> um, yeah, that's what I'm grateful for today. And that we're having, it's like the 4th of July tomorrow. I'm with a bunch of, uh, we're upstairs at my friend Brian's house in his attic office and when we go downstairs, there's going to be a cookout with like all of our AA friends mm -hmm. and like normal people too. Yes. And we're all just going to hang out. We don't have to drink. And it's sunny out. And, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's just, yep. Yeah. So at this point, we would have read some of uh, listener gratitude, but obviously, this is the first episode. So we haven't gotten any emails. Um, if you want to be a part of the conversation, um please send us your gratitude at podcast not perfection at gmail.com we would really love to hear from you guys um if you want to share your stories anything you want to share with us please do yeah eventually we might be uh strapped for topics and if you want to come and share your story on the podcast that'd be uh, awesome too yes we would love to have a guest i would love to have a guest love okay <laughs> all right well we hope everybody has a great day yeah. and we're gonna go swimming yeah <laughs> i wish you could all see ken's swim trunks uh, they're amazing yeah target. stand up target Tar no coles 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 oh well i love sorry Kohl's. we're not affiliated with any, any uh but uh yeah we're not these aren't ads but if coles wants to pay us <laughs> <laughs> we won't say no we need new equipment okay <laughs> bye Hey, thanks for listening. If you have any recommendations on topics that you'd like to hear us discuss, or if you'd like to share your gratitude with us, send us an email at podcastnotperfection at gmail.com. See you next time.